Hello, and welcome back to the Shed the Shame podcast. I am your co-host, Alex, alongside Algelin, and we are joined by Kamaka Aina Sept, a native Hawaiian artist. She is here to chat about her journey with polycystic ovarian syndrome, or more commonly known as PCOS. This is a condition that affects over 5 million women and menstruators in the U.S., and Kamaka is here to share her PCOS story. And before we introduce her, I wanted to share that we have reached nearly 40% of our fundraising goal for the Shed the Shame campaign. That is so freaking awesome. So excited. So for every new subscription and renewal of Ladybox, they donate funds to the nonprofit Water Aid, an organization that works to provide clean water and sanitation for over 30 countries around the world. All right, so let's jump in. Um, Kamaka Aina is a native artist, voyager, and Zen practitioner who has been working in the Hawaiian community for the past 15 years. While the beginning of her career was focused on um, maritime education and canoe culture, she has since ventured to shore, connecting to the Aina, Ohana, and self-exploring what are the colors of I am so sorry. You're going to help me have to help me more with this introduction. Um, so let's how, how do you say that last word? Algela, you put lots of beautiful Kapuna. stuff in here for me to pronounce. Kuna, which is our ancestors. So um, Kamaka Aina, you know, we're both Native Hawaiian. We're cousins. Um, and she actually wrote her beautiful bio here. Um, so we've got Aina, which means land, Ohana, which means family, and Kupuna, which means ancestors. Yes, sir. For I read that sharing that. <laughs> Sorry. No, and you probably are like, Algelin's got this in the bag. She's going to introduce it and then get me instead. So I so apologize for that. Um, but that is lovely. And thank you for sharing even that, just that little snippet with us. I can't wait to hear more in this little glimpse for our listeners who may not have had the chance to experience the Native Hawaiian culture. That's really generous for you to be sharing this with us. So let's do a cycle check-in. Um, if you know, where are you at in your cycle today? Uh, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> Never. I'm like, um, if I'm scrolling through like a dating app or Tinder, like then I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm like ovulating or something. <laughs> For the most part, I have no idea. Yeah, that is totally, totally fine. Uh, there is so much confusion and mystique in the space of menstrual cycles. And I know it's absolutely compounded by conditions like PCOS. So we can't wait to hear more from your journey today. I am checking in on the tail end of my period. Woohoo! Yeah, period in the house. <laughs> um, Algilin, what about you? Where are you checking in on your cycle today? So I'm still not sure. It's still kind of like out of whack since you know, some trauma happened about two months ago now. However, um, I was definitely feeling myself yesterday. So like I had a good vibe going on. So maybe I'll probably ovulation. maybe ovulation. Getting the yeah. vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I told her when we got on, she'll pick a Glamazon. So maybe, maybe so, or maybe she's just always a Glamazon. Hard to say. <laughs> Hard to say. Awesome. So Kamaka Aina, Kamaka Aina, I would love for you to just share more about yourself and let's just dive in. Oh uh, yeah. Um yeah, and I, I didn't quite know what you meant by Glamazon, but like I've told Lynn that she needs to create her own um like fashion Instagram because I love everything she puts together. So I think that's what you're talking about. Um, so, uh, uh, so I guess just talking about my PCOS journey, is that what we're doing here? Um, do you maybe want to start with like 
when you came to visit so all right um I got my period a little bit later it's like 14 I was in high school and then um so Lynn's like two years after me and um so I must have been like 18 or 19 um like not I didn't have that regular routine of high school and so I think it was just eating a bunch of crap I definitely gained like 15 pounds in that in that time period um, and so I hadn't had my period for like a year. Right. And, um, so we go up to Washington state for Lynch graduation and then all of a sudden my period decides to come and I'm like, Oh my God. Like my cousins, my family was like, what's wrong with you? Cause I'm like waddling. I can't even like, I'm just like, every step is like gush. And like, people were just like, what, like what? <laughs> and it was, I just remember it being so bad and so horrific that I would just like lie in the bathtub of the hotel room just because it was like, I give up, <laughs> I give up, just like let it flow. And I just didn't want to get anything dirty. And, um, but then, so like, yeah, I've had a couple of like, just like, horrific gushing stories so well can I just share that like when Kamaka Aina came to visit and okay so just so listeners and you Alex know you can totally tell when it's a family member talking about me because they call me Lynn um instead of like Algelin or you know my other nicknames so I'm I'm loving that like you know I'm getting called out as Lynn on the podcast um, but I just like when Kamaka Aina came to visit, I was like, oh, do you want to do this, this and this? And she's like sitting there on our grass at, at home. And she's just like, I don't want to move from here right now. And I was like, why? And she said, I'm on my period. And at that time, like, because I had been playing soccer all the time. So super active. I just like, didn't understand one painful periods. And then like, why like a period would in you know inhibit anybody <laughs> from like doing something and so I was like totally flabbergasted when she said like I'm on my period and I don't want to move from this space and so like sometimes I do think about that when I'm like putting boxes together I'm like oh I have like my cousin who had like painful and like really uncomfortable periods and like I wish like this could have been there for her back then. But anyway, I just thought that was like a funny little thing of here I am just like, yeah, let's go do something. You're here on the mainland and you're visiting from Hawaii. Can we go do something? You're like, mm, I need to like hold space for myself. I I don't think, yeah. I mean, I feel really bad like, when I think about like, you know, but it's just like, Ugh, when you're just so defeated and stuff um I can tell you that my mom I'm pretty sure my mom also because she had the same like heavy periods and same like because like I didn't really mind not having my period because in like where I didn't mind the heavy flow so much because it meant like I would go like months without my period so um so yeah um did you know at that time that you had PCOS no, it wasn't, it would, it wouldn't be for another like 15 years until I would even hear the term like PCOS. Yeah. Um, because I, what I had, I don't, I think, yeah, I was, I was working and I had health insurance. Cause like, so for the last 10 years, I've been like 
in these weird like off and on places and so I had health insurance and I was like hey I haven't had my period for another year or I haven't had my period for a year again um like maybe I should go see a doctor about this and like the, the gynecologist like oh I think you have PCOS I'm like what's that so you know like Dr. Wikipedia just total went down that rabbit hole um and then that one oh that one sucked that's another horrific story so she uh, took a biopsy right and then um the biopsy actually like disturbed so I ended up getting my period but she put me on she put me on something not prednisone I always say prednisone but it's um actually I think it's I think it's what I want right now um so did the P I can't remember um but she put me on medication so that I would like continue to get my period but it's like something happened and then I was bleeding for like it was it was too much it was like like I could like I was craving like kale and like like iron rich foods um and it was so much that I kept bleeding that I ended up going to the ER and which is a little bit embarrassing because um my neighbor <laughs> worked there and so my and then my dad I live with my dad he came he brought me there right so he's just like standing there. And, I, and usually when we're in the yard. It's for my dad. Right. And so like our, our neighbor will like, um, like, like, you know, Hey, Jessica, Hey, uncle Tim. And so like, he sees my dad, he's like, hi, uncle Tim. And then he like looks to the gurney. He's like, Jessica, what are you doing here? Like, what's wrong with you? And, um, and so then it's just like bleeding on. And then I, um, and then they're discharging me. But as like they're helping me like put my clothes back on, I like fainted because I had just lost so much blood in a short amount of oh time that I spent the weekend getting like a blood transfusion. Um, this is around like 2015, I think, um, around there. And um, and I was so emotional. I was just to be crying like, for no reason. And there's just like I and this um, I had like um it was really sweet. Like this auntie, auntie Kim, like randomly texted me, and I was like all emotional, and was like, "I've lost my husband." And she, so she came and visited, and like she cut, and I was on like the the maternity ward, right? And so like auntie Kim is like coming. She's seeing like the sign. She's like, "I haven't seen Jessica in a while, but um, I'm pretty sure she wasn't pregnant." Like she's like, "What?" And so like she, and then like she even like there's this other Hawaiian doctor that like uh who, who also used to sail and so she like she like he came to visit to check on me and so I just felt really supported I had I used to work for um the med school and so I used to actually know a bunch of doctors and people in in health so it was actually really sweet um so that's horrific story number two <laughs> yeah that sounds so terrible I never knew that you were hospitalized once for um for all of that uh which like Alex um do you know much about PCOS like do you have stats on that and like know what some of the typical symptoms tend to be 
So I, I have some information I've been looking up as it is PCOS month. So some of the things can be really light periods or really heavy periods um, uh, because sometimes there are excess androgens in the body. There can lead to thinning of hair or excess of hair. So I think that's probably some of the reasons why it's hard to kind of pin down maybe even what the symptoms are because it's like, either people tend to be on one extreme or the other extreme. Um, I don't know what medicine you were put on, but I know one of the medicines they typically put people on is not even created for PCOS. It's created for people that have diabetes. Um, and like, they're like, this is a treatment because they say sometimes obesity can be a cause of, I think that's their, the weight stigma in the medical industry. They're like, Oh, well, people are obese. So here you go. Here's some medicine, but it's like for diabetes, not for, um, PCOS, but maybe the thought was it has something to do with insulin or re insulin resistance. Um, yeah, so it's affects so many folks and yet it widely understudied and hard to even get a diagnosis. So horrific to hear it took 15 years, but I think that's pretty common for folks to take that long to even come to a diagnosis. Um, so I would, I would love to hear what have been some of your PCOS symptoms that you experienced beyond like the maybe really extreme heavy bleeding at sometimes, and then gaps without periods. What else was, were the things that you have or had experienced? Um, so some of they do blood tests, right. And so like slightly, I might, my, my testosterone is slightly elevated, which, um, you know, I actually never saw that most of my symptoms for PCS, I never, I don't see as bad things. Like the, the little extra testosterone may give me a little extra gur when like, like sailing with guys. So I don't, I don't see it as a bad thing. Um, there's also like, uh, like hair. So like, I got like chin hairs, um, Let's see. So insulin resistance, um, like I've, you know, that those like velvety patches of skin under your, uh, under your arm. Um, like I've had that since like an, I was an adolescent. Uh, and that's also associated with insulin resistance. Um, and I think, um, like excess weight. Yeah. There's a, a whole bunch of like, just people just don't understand what PCOS is. Like um, cause even, um, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with like the plant paradox and Dr. Gundry. Yeah. So he talks to like, oh, so, okay. So Dr. Gundry is like this like heart surgeon who basically says that like lectins are, um, lectins and like modern lifestyle, like GMOs and blue light and all this other, um, like things uh, contribute to like majority of, um, like our health issues today, including PCOS, which is essentially a hormonal imbalance. But like, the thing is like, so that is definitely like my diet has never been like, there's a lot of things. And definitely when I'm eating a lot cleaner, like everything's just flowing a lot better. Um, but, and I lost my train of thought, sorry. Can you talk more about like eating cleaner, like especially living in Hawaii where, you know, the stereotype is we eat a lot of rice, uh, pork, fish, spam, <laughs> and, and things that can contribute to diabetes. But I know that originally with like Hawaiian diet, native Hawaiian diet, all those like unhealthy foods weren't originally there. So I'm curious if, you know, with the study that you've done, stu studies that you've done um, in native Hawaiian culture, living in Hawaii, 
and um you know understanding more about like plants and everything how how have you been eating clean more to help Um, with your pcos well i am not that diligent currently (laughs) but um and that's okay (laughs) (laughs) um but when i when i do so um yeah like definitely for local culture there tends to be the stigma of like the um the plate lunch, the spam moves would be that I'm local, so I eat spam. But it's like your ancestors, your kupuna didn't eat spam, right? They ate kalo, they ate fish, they ulu, you know, and these are um, like complex carbs. And they're really like, even like, so poi is made out of kalo, but it's like mashed in a way, the way that it's mashed into poi actually extends the shelf life, right? And from it too, all these like probiotics start growing. So it's really good for your gut too. So like, and that's another thing that doctor, the Dr. Gundry talks about too, is like your gut health is pretty much paramount. Um, so yeah. Um, when I'm eating cleaner, I'm definitely cutting out the rice. Everything's like farm raised, um, grass fed. Um, and there is just a difference. I just feel, feel better. I'm not as, um, sluggish. I'm not as like emotionally all over the place. Uh, the difficulty is like, it's hard to keep up, you know? It's like, it's a discipline, you know? Um, and, you know, when things get busy and rough, it's just easier to like door dash it. And <laughs> so, um, so yeah, um, that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was awesome. Um, I think it's just, important to present. So thank you for bringing up like what your ancestors would have eaten. And there's just so much of this system that is compounded by colonization and the overtaking of native peoples around the world. And just really uh, then the blaming for these conditions and these problems that have been laid at the feet of of folks all around the world. So I just want to presence that, that um, there's a lot of shit that white people need to do better and heal and atone and like really kind of help recreate this world because it is destroyed bodies. It has destroyed hormonal health of native lands and cultures and people, you know, on the entire globe. So it's really frustrating. I, I could imagine to have that cycle kind of be then the blame put back on the people who didn't have a lot, a lot to do with it getting crashed down in the first place. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's an interesting thought because um, so another horrific period story. <laughs> more recently, I had my um, period for like five weeks. Okay, and this isn't it, it's somewhat PCOS related, but it's mostly like I had been under so much stress for such a long amount of time that my body was like, nope, you gotta stop, right? And uh, and then I would be like sporadically crying at, at the gym. Um, and, but what I, I realized just how clear the connection between like our stress, our mind and body was in that. And like your body is like screaming at you. Um, but in that, and so I took like four months to kind of just chill, you know, like don't put all this stuff on, on myself and in it, like I had all these like messages about like 
like trauma, cultural trauma, historical trauma coming up in my social media feeds and like things that like, oh, I thought they were just my personality traits. I'm like, oh, they're coping mechanisms for trauma. You know, I was like, oh, okay. Um, so like all these things and it just, it kind of made me realize like, um, cause like, cause even at some point, like, I think if I was reading something about like diabetes being connected to like stress and stuff. And like, those are, when people talk about cultural historical trauma, you know, it's like, it's kind of hard to like connect it to like, to today, you know, like why should something that happened like a couple of generations ago affect me today, but it's like carried in your DNA, it's carried there. And then, um, and I've always, always just like, that there's some kind of as devastating as diabetes is in our community, there's something poetic, but the fact that it was the sugar industry <laughs> that came and like ripped everything off and 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 then like like Hawaii, it's like our bodies are are like just say like no, like no more, you know, like yeah. So yeah. Um, I would love for listeners to learn more about how badass you are because um one I love that like you shared um a couple weeks ago that um perhaps like your life right now is the way it is because you're the one to help um be a part of the ending of our generational trauma but then also you have done so many cool things (laughs) so you have voyaged sailed the South Pacific um, in like our ancestral type, uh, I'm going to mess up the words, but like way of voyaging. Um, you like, are, I, I didn't, it wasn't the South Pacific, it was to Palmyra Atoll and back and definitely around, it's part around of the, the South Pacific. Well, so that's the equator though. Is that the South Pacific? Literally, like literally part of, you have, Sail the Pacific, lady. Okay, yeah. The Pacific. Um, and my nine-month-old baby was there to greet you when you came back. And um, you are this, like, I don't know, like a matriarch or, like, cultural guide for our family. And you have, like, gone through all these different career changes. And you are an amazing and beautiful artist. And then when I mean with your hair up you're beautiful but then like when you let your hair flow down and like you let your beautiful Hawaiian curly hair just like flow you're just like a freaking goddess like (laughs) yes you are a descendant of Pele so I don't you um I you're just like so badass and you're gonna do so many great things with like um teaching our like present today about our kupuna and like colors so I just like, I want you to share more succinctly than I have of like how badass you are and how you were able to like overcome any shame that you had related to your menstrual cycle and like PCOS or PCOS. Also, everybody that's listening, it's um, Native Hawaiian History Month. So shout out that like, you know, not only is Kamaka Aina like a Native Hawaiian, but she's also got a PCOS story to share this month. So this is like wonderful. Um, thanks, Lynn. <laughs> like, that's, that's quite a, quite a background. Um, uh, yeah, I think, so my, I, I guess I should preface it with, 
my mom, so my mom got diagnosed with diabetes when I was 15. And then she got diagnosed with kidney failure when I was 20. So I like ended up um, taking care of her for that first year to make sure she was okay. And then I um, I went to go live with cousins on the mainland. So it's like those first couple of years, like, even though I was like already living on my own at 19, those first couple of years, I was like in this, like, I gotta, I gotta, I'm watching children. I'm watching my mom. I'm like, I'm doing these kind of like home caregiver activities. So when things were okay, it kind of like slingshot me. So like every, so when I came back home and I, and I, decided to major in Hawaiian studies. I just like, life is short. I got to do everything and, um, no shame. Just like, just try. So, um, um, one of the first organizations I got involved with was Protect Kohalawi Ohana, um, which is a very, um, it's a, it's a grassroots organization that was focused on protecting the island of Kohalawi. So the island of Kohalawi from 1941 to like 1990, around there, was it like a was a bombing target? It was uh, taken over by the uh, U.S. Navy as uh, from martial law in 1940, December 8th, 1941. And so, uh, and prior to that, it was just like a ranching. Um, There's just a small small um, community there, but um, so they basically just used it to practice like bombing and, and targets. Um, and then in 1976, I think it was nine, the original nine, there's a group of Hawaiians who are like, we're done. Like we're putting our foot down. And, um, and, and at this time too, a lot of like Hawaiians are getting like restless, you know? And like, this is also when Hokulea is, is created and sales um, and just reignites an entire ocean of people for their voyaging heritage. Um, the Punaleo or Hawaiian language schools are also coming into existence. So a lot of things are happening. Hawaiians are angry, they're fighting, they're speaking up, they're reconnecting with their ancestors at the roots, um, they're speaking their language again. And um, so uh, I ended up getting involved with this organization as a 20 something, 20, I think it was 24. And um, like, I don't really multitask well, like if I'm in it, I'm, I'm in it. So um, like, you know, just going to the island as much as I could um, and just felt like I was supposed to be there, it was called to be there, um, like I was part of something. And at this time, I mean, obviously they had gained back access to the island. So, so one thing you should know about PKO is like, they're one of the few like successful attempts, you know, like it's huge. Like they like fought like the US government and eventually won. Um, and uh, now, and then, so at this time they're really focused more on education. So they bring access groups of like various groups from schools and students um, like college students and conservation people to like come and um, interact and appreciate the island. And then they're also focused on ceremony and protocol, cultural protocols. So a lot of my foundation for, um, for protocol and ceremony came from, from being on island. So in that too, um, like, so the, one of the big ceremonies is Makahiki and Makahiki is, so there's basically two seasons in uh, Hawaii. There's like Kauvela, 
which is like summer, and then there's Makahiki. And Makahiki was supposed to be this, um, it was this time of Lono, it was like the whole shift, you know, um, like there's no war, it was peace, but like, it's not like they didn't train, like you're not supposed to, um, like they had Makahiki games, which is essentially like physical training for war. Um, and um, it's just be more of a time of la la you know, of enjoyment. And um, and then also you're kind of, uh, the ali'i is like going around gathering taxes. So like any kind of like ho'okupu or offerings um, to the okua or the ali'i. So it's like ali'i were like managers, right? And then there's the makanana who like work the land. So it's like, they gotta like take care of each other. Um, so yeah, um, so makahiki is that, um, time and then like ceremony would be a huge part of it. Um, and then one makihiki, we, um, so uh, this uncle, his girlfriend was like on island, but then she had a period. So like, so when, so during, um, oh, sorry, we gotta, I gotta stop talking so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically with, with this group, um, like, we're talking about like uh, this uncle's like girlfriend got her period and like having your period doing ceremony is kind of, um, you know, and because of it, like the women of the group like came together and they're like, no, we wanna create a place for women in these like cultural protocols. From that, we had so many conversations about our period, like, <laughs> I was like 24, 25. I'm like, I never need to talk about my period again. I am not ashamed. It's natural. I get it. Like, and like, cause you had like, like all ages, you know, and women in different parts of their life, like from like menopausal to like women who had just given birth. And I still remember Stephanie, I think BB, like Stephanie, she was, she had just given birth and she was saying how like she used to, she used to be like, she didn't, she used to didn't like a period, but then after giving birth, she was like, this means, this is my money. This is, this means I can give life. I can give birth. So it was a, it was a monthly reminder to her about this amazing ability that she had. And I think from that, I was like, cool. <laughs> That's powerful. It's really powerful. Um, would you say that, that session helped you shed some shame or was there like through your Zen practice, were you able to shed shame? I think, no, I think it was definitely through those sessions. Cause I was almost like angry. Like I was almost like, fuck. Oh, sorry. I don't know. Can I swear? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was like, fuck that. I'm not gonna be fucking angry. I mean, I'm not gonna be fucking ashamed, you know, like it yeah. almost became like, like, no. So um, and I think just having so many women who are like, like, so willing to like, talk about it, like, yeah. like what's one, you know, message that you would want to share with anybody else that has, or is going through PCOS, um, and especially like, I mean, I, I love that there's like, you know, connection to our culture that has helped you with it, but Anyway, what is your, you know, one message that you want to share? One message. 
you know, I think I'm still in my PCOS journey that I don't have any like fruits of labor to be able to share with anyone. Um, I'm hopeful that if I can eat right and exercise and like keep my own emotions like like balanced, then mm -hmm. things will just balance itself too. Um, mm. Yeah, that's. Alex will have to um, share more about uh, seed cycling with you. Oh, what's that? That might help you. We can definitely connect about it. We can connect about it offline and talk about seed cycling. It's just been an honor to have you today, your story and like bringing the cultural component. Just thank you for sharing so mm -hmm. openly and honestly. Uh, it's been really awesome to have you on the show today. Yeah. Thanks so much, Kamaka Aina. Um, if people want to learn more about you because, you know, you have some activism um, and art that you share or activism through art, where can they find you on Instagram? Uh, Kamaka Aina, K-A-M-A-K-A-I-N-A. <laughs> so that's awesome. my well, mahalo for being on our podcast, Kamaka Aina. And thank you to everybody that is listening. Uh, if you would like to be a guest on the Shed the Shame podcast, please email us at shed, um, podcast at shedtheshame.co. Um, and until next time, just let's just keep it real and messy, just like our periods. And thank you for being here. Hi, everyone. <laughs>